lights. It's seven Friday night. And we're back with another episode of Seven Friday Night. I'm Sports Stars Magazine editor Chase Bryson, and I'm joined by the newest member of the Bay Area's workforce, once again, gainfully employed in a real job and forcing us to record in the late p.m. hours. I am nevertheless happy to be joined by Benny Nose. Ben, we have playoffs this week. We have rivalry games this week. As Penny Lane says in the great film Almost Famous, it's all happening. I can't believe that you would attempt to obfuscate the blame on the blame that is the late hour at which we are recording this podcast because you as the heroic editor to the good readers of sports stars magazine attempted to cover other things than football and you know put that in your digital pdf and and that while that is noble let me remind you that i am a one sport superstar here King football reigns supreme, sir. And so, you know, toss everything out. It is late and I'm in rare form as always. So uh, I won't spend too much time uh, berating you. Instead, I will uh, get right on to the heart of the matter this week. And that is football. And we are in a glorious time to be a high school football fan. So before we get into uh, the great stuff that is to come, Let's start by taking a look, look back first. Uh, and we will do that by covering the games that we were at last week. Um, first of all, I was at a league title game, all for all intents and purposes, a league title game down in Union City, James Logan High School, knocking off Bishop O'Dowd 42 to 7 in a game that was surprisingly one-sided. Um, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I do want to shout out Logan head coach Eddie Smith and I'll tell you why I've seen the Colts three times this year week one against Cal where I just think Cal outplayed Logan Logan was at full strength Cal was better on the night I saw Logan play at Heritage in week four and I talked to coach Smith before the game on the field and I said how's your team you know uh, you know what do I need to know and he said man we're just focused on having these kids have a good time and have fun and I kind of dismissed it like, okay, this is just another coach uh, telling me what he wants me to hear. Um, but Coach Smith told me the exact same thing after this game against Bishop O'Dowd. And what I didn't know at the time against Heritage was that Logan was down 14 players, including quarterback Marcus Sanders, who I would find out later had a ruptured spleen as a result of a hit against Monta Vista. And so I want to give a huge shout out to Coach Smith and his coaching staff at Logan for having the exact same approach in week four with 14 guys out as they did minutes after their biggest win of the season over O'Dowd. I thought the Colts just put that. That is such an impressive performance to me. Marcus Sanders was back and was awesome. Khalid Robinson has been awesome all year long. Uh, and I, I was just really impressed with Logan. You were at uh, Liberty in Antioch and saw one team that was uh, a little undermanned and an Antioch team that's been getting getting better as the season has gone along. Yeah, definitely. But before I get into that, I will say you wrote a very nice uh, piece on Khalid Robinson that should be making its way to the sportsstarsmag.com website by Wednesday. So be sure to check that out, listeners. Now, uh, I know we have a lot to get to this week, so I'm not going to go super long on this one. Besides, how much can you talk about a game that ended six to nothing? However, it was actually a really well-played football game with a lot of fun storylines. The main one, of course, was Antioch running back Jorge Hernandez Jr., who is on one heck of a heater. He rushed for 279 yards and the team's lone score, plus he had an interception on defense to seal the win. Part of his epic performance included carrying the ball on all 16 of Antioch's offensive plays during the fourth quarter, which led to me asking him afterward, how we felt about that, and it resulted in possibly my favorite postgame soundbite of the season so far. Let's listen into it real quick. That was uh, 
sec, I think 16 straight plays calling your number. Yes, sir. What did that What did that feel like carrying that weight on your back? Terrible. <laughs> terrible, sir. I'm all cut up right now, bleeding all over. It's terrible. Nah, no, nah, I'm playing, I'm playing. I feel great, man. I love it. So, yeah, in addition to some serious talent running the football, you can add sense of humor to Jose Hernandez Jr.'s list of skills. Now, the other storyline from that game was a gritty effort by Liberty quarterback Nate Bell. He tried to play through a painful right ankle injury that he suffered in the previous week's game. After not starting, he entered late in the third quarter, led two really tough drives into the red zone, but the Lions just couldn't punch it in. So good win for Antioch. The odds are stacked against them this week against rival Pittsburgh, but playing for the league championship on the last day of the regular season against your rival, it's all you can ask for. So uh, maybe they'll make it close. I'd be really interested to see if they do. Uh, but for now, let's move on. Now let's move to the sack walking section where league titles are a thing of the past and we have actual playoff brackets. I'll start this discussion just by asking you what your initial reactions were when the pairings were announced Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we texted back and forth on Sunday when the brackets dropped. And um, something that we had talked about Friday night, after, actually, as we were driving home from our games, um, it was a point that we had discussed in a previous podcast. At what point do you start to say, uh, Folsom is not the team that we saw early in the year and Jesuit by um, the transitive property is also not the team that you saw at the beginning of the year. And the Division One Sac Joaquin section brackets reflected that. And credit to uh, those guys for putting together what I thought was an appropriate hierarchy in the D1 bracket. So that was uh, what struck me first. Um, what struck me second is another thing that we talked about on Friday night, the fact that um, Central Catholic is ranked uh, seated number one in D2, and they have a pretty good shot to play a Bay Area heavyweight in uh, NorCal if they can get through that bracket. Um, and the overarching theme that I saw through those brackets was Man, there's a lot of good football teams in the Sac Joaquin section. There are, there are good games this week, and there are going to be massive games for the next couple of weeks. Um, what, uh, what stood out to you, both from Sunday's drop and then perhaps from the ensuing court cases <laughs> that were resolved the following day? My initial thoughts were I thought the seating committees pretty much nailed it on all of the all of the big brackets division one, two and three were the ones that I looked at, or well, division three came a day later because of what you just referenced. The, the, the court case that involved capital Christian uh, trying to get into the playoffs, trying to override their playoff uh, ban for this season uh, for what was essentially playing as a club team uh, during COVID when the, you know, the state said that was a big no, no and so did the CIF. So when the CAF says stuff and then schools do it anyways, that usually results in, uh, <laughs> uh, my kids know this, my kids know if I say don't do something and then they just go and do it, then repercussions happen. So uh, anyways, uh, I was not very surprised that uh, Capital Christian was not able to get that injunction passed. Um, they had the, bur the burden of proof was all on them to show that there was a reason that the, the ban uh, shouldn't stick and you know they they couldn't do that so I think I think that was the right call um, and then you know but you know getting back to the playoffs man I'm excited to just like you I'm excited to see some of these these uh, first round games play out um, and I, I really am looking forward to next week just like you are um, because those those quarterfinal games are going to have some some really interesting matchups with some really good storylines yeah, the thing that uh, that struck me about the Cap Christian deal and Rippin Christian too was uh, caught in the same thing. But uh, um, Jim Patrick from the Sack B did a great job of following this story from start to finish. And uh, I mean, the judge, both the judge and the Cap Christian administration, asked for a roster from the club team and were never provided it. Yeah. I, I mean. <laughs> where am I supposed to go with that other than to say, okay, uh, 
the season's over. And that's a, it's a shame because Anthony Garcia is one of the best quarterbacks in California and capital Christian has some incredible talent. So it's a shame that they are, uh, cost their postseason. Um, but we'll, we'll turn this thing back, uh, more game centric here. And I am going to invoke one of our favorite devices here. I'm going to give you a punt or play, uh, to get the SJS playoffs rolling. Punt or play, chalk will reign supreme in the top three divisions of the Sac Joaquin section, and Rockland, Central Catholic, and Oakdale will all walk away with section titles and NorCal berths. I am going to punt this. There are just too many good football teams in the Sac Joaquin section, and especially in those three divisions, that would make me feel at any point confident to say that chalk would go three for three in this. And this is a this is something that you and I have talked about at least for the last three weeks, especially in Division One. I need an injury report, right? <laughs> because, <laughs> exactly. I mean, if Tyler Tremaine come, walks through that door, I might be taking Folsom. So, you know, we just have to wait and see on that. Um, obviously, props to Rockland. They've been fantastic. They totally deserve the number one seed. Uh, and Granite Bay deserved its win over Folsom. They earned it for sure. Uh, but we both know that that's an entirely different football team when they have QB1 uh, running the show. So uh, I got to punt that one, and I will wait and wait to live another day. <laughs> that one. Taking the field. Smart bet. <laughs> so we'll do a punt or play for you. There, There's a high possibility of – some big rematches in these division one, two or three brackets punt or play a key rematch will happen. And the uh, result of the regular season will be flipped. I'm going to play. And I'm going to kind of take the same approach you just did. in the one that I gave you, I'm going to take the field here uh, (laughs) because I have more options. I feel like, Um, you know, Tyler Tremaine comes back. And Folsom's got a great shot. Uh, Vacaville and Granite Bay rematch. Vacaville's playing real well now. I mean, obviously, so is Granite Bay, but that's going to be another Razor's Edge game. There are going to be a couple of rematches in the semifinals, and I would wager that we will see uh, some adjustments made, some new injuries come up, something happens where – the tables are turned. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to play that and I'm not going to be specific because I'm going to get out of the question that way. (laughs) It's always a good play to go with the theory that it's hard to beat a really good team twice. Yes. And I will, I will note for the record that we're talking a lot about Folsom and their injury report. Uh, Paging Kenny Leith (laughs) uh, to the white courtesy telephone. What does that look like? Right. If he comes back for an already incredible Rockland team, are you going to run? Is this going to be the like the A11? Are you going to run two <laughs> two QBs? Um. So yeah, Rockland. That's a position of strength, my friend. That's what they call it in the business. <laughs> they do indeed. All right. Well, let's switch gears again. Let's get ready for um, what I think we will say more than once in this episode. The, I mean, all props to the playoff teams that are playing this week in the Sac Joaquin section, but the game of the week is happening here in the Bay Area in San Mateo at 2.30 on Saturday afternoon, and that is St. Francis of Mountain View, number one in our NorCal rankings, and Sarah of San Mateo, number three. Uh, both are 8-0 overall. Both are 6-0 in the uh, highly uh, competitive West Catholic Athletic League. And so we definitely wanted to reach out, get uh, a, a guy that we've talked about getting on the show multiple times already this year. But this, this was the week to do it. And, uh, and that's uh, Coach Patrick Walsh uh, of Sarah, who was kind enough to take a few minutes out of his busy week of prep to talk about the big game, talk about the Sarah Padres. And so let's bring Coach Walsh in and hear what he had to say. All right. Well, 
now we would like to welcome into the program Sarah San Mateo coach Patrick Walsh. We brought him on this week because there's there might be a big game happening on the on the San Mateo campus this week. We've already talked about it earlier in this podcast. We'll probably talk it talk about it more after after Coach Walsh has has, uh, has left the program. So Sarah is hosting San Francis of uh, Mountain View on Saturday, uh, two thirty p.m. Uh, both teams are eight and zero overall and six and zero in the West Catholic Athletic League. And it's for all the marbles. So big week. Thanks for taking some time out of it to uh, join us. And, and welcome to the show, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys being here covering high school sports. And it's, uh, it, is, it is a big week and we're excited. Let's start with kind of just where, um, where Sarah is at, 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 this, at this point in the season and, and how you feel about this group. Um, and it's obviously faced some adversity through parts of the season uh, with, you know, we you had the, you, we, you lost the game against Pittsburgh early on. Then, uh, you know, midseason, you guys lose the missile, Asama Hassan, to an injury. Yeah. But you seem to have overcome everything. So so how do you kind of feel about this group at this point? You know, it's 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 a great question. I I think it's we're still a work in progress. Um, we, we have a lot of young players on our team that are that are learning and improving. And I think one thing, you know, like Cobra's teams, the De La Salle teams is, you know, the mark of great Spartan teams, they always got better. And it was, you know, from, from you want to play De La Salle week one, not week 10 or 12 or 13, because you knew they were going to get better. And, and I, I, I like to think we try to do the same thing with our kids. And I, I think we're getting better. We're getting better. The kids are, are learning. We're getting more experienced. And then we have a massive setback with, with uh, Hassan. And wonderful kid. Thank God he's still going to San Diego State. Successful ACL surgery. But it almost, it wasn't just like losing a guy who scores three or five touchdowns a game. That has a lot to do with it, but doesn't tell half the story because of what he means to us on a spiritual level. So we almost had to relearn who we were again. Um, you know, not only offensively, but just everything. It's like he's, he's our guy. He was the Bay Area Player of the Year last year, you know, in the shortened season. So... You know, it's just things that we are fighting, getting over, getting through. And, um, you know, so I, I still think we're a work in progress, you know, and I'm I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of the coaching staff and where, where the guys are at this point. But we got we got a tough a tough test because I feel like, you know, St. Francis has 11 seniors on defense and, you know, they're, they're just at a different point. So, you know, that's that's what I'm, I'm concerned about, to be honest with you. Chase omitted one key part of this interview. Normally, we record these segments separate. This week, uh, our coach interview is, in fact, joined by Coach Terry Edson, the third member of our crew. Coach Edson, if you, uh, why don't you play journalist for a second, which I know you've always wanted to do deep down inside. If you uh, had You've always chance. been my hero, Ben. That I, I'm well true. aware. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I get I get that a lot um, in the, in this big week for coach Walsh obviously you've had your share of big week big game weeks and you've had your share of big game weeks with coach Walsh on your sideline what would you have to ask uh, coach Walsh as we come into this week against St. Francis well I'm just just listening to him right now I'm just curious um, you say you're in a work work in progress, and I totally get that, especially when you you lose um, a, a key football player. What has surprised you so far about this work in progress as you're going into this game? What's really surprised me is how our defense has reacted to what happened to our offense, basically, and the growth of our. We have four sophomores starting on defense, and they've really they've really grown. Um, and we, you know, we had our chapel service two weeks ago, coach. And in that chapel service, yeah, I, I felt like people are waiting around for this magical thing to happen. And I called the team out and said, someone needs to step up. Like someone needs to step up and fill the, bo the void. So to answer your question, question directly is what surprised me and was excited about is seeing new names come to the forefront, new, new Sarah Padres add themselves to the, to the breadth of the team and, and names that you we may not even have heard of if the missiles on our team, because he's that good. Um, yeah. I always called him, I called him must see TV. He was so good and just fantastic, you know, um, 
and and other guys are starting to starting to really elevate and share their load you know to to pick that up so that's what i'm most excited about right now coach and and it, it's it's mostly going to be tested this saturday <laughs> yeah you know, so the, the, so that you actually are leading me to my next question which is very good timing on your part patrick thank you and that would be so you know because you've coached and played in a, a ton of big games uh there's always that unsung guy that comes through in a big game there's always a guy like where you know i wasn't expecting him so who in your prediction who's that unsung guy for sarah tomorrow or saturday coach it has to be collective i mean it could be a guy it could be you know, if Hassan had nine catches, it's going to be two, 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 and three. It's got to be collective. Um, you know, I, I there isn't one guy that I can point to right now, Coach. I mean, last week, our, our tight end, uh, Seamus Gilmartin, had six or seven phenomenal catches. Um, we had Dylan Judier come up, make some catches. Uh, you know, just some other guys picking up the slack collectively to fill that void. And, it, and I, I love that coach. What, what you're, what you're explaining is what we call the bottom of the fire. And one day I was sitting in my, in my uh, living room thinking about this huge game and I was staring at my fire pit and I was looking at the fire and the, the top of the fire is these beautiful flames and they're dancing. And, and I'm looking at the bottom of the fire where all the heat is and it's crackling and kind of ugly. And there's, there's ashes are falling down. I'm like, you know, the, the real fire, or the real power in a good fire is the bottom of it. The, the part that no one sees special teams, things that you like you understood and what I would call bottom of the fire stuff more than anybody because of special teams. I mean, St. Francis has fantastic special teams and the, a lot of our bottom of the fire guys play special teams as do theirs. And that could be the difference in the game. So, you know, we, we beat Valley Christian 28, 21. Uh, we were winning 28-0 at halftime. It felt like it was going to be a route. We won 28-21. Things got crazy. Um, we both had three offensive touchdowns. We had one punt return touchdown from Malachi Heft. Great blocks, no clips, no crazy things. And that may be the difference in the game too, either way. So it's got to be collective. Coach, when you lose a guy as good as Hassan, it's got to be collective. Coaches, O-line, quarterbacks, the defense it's and and that's what I'm going to ask of the team on Saturday and what we all ask of each other. Now you have eight games worth of film this season and a long history of playing St. Francis. What stands out about the team that will be on the opposite sideline on Saturday? You know, I, what I see, and I was actually at the De La Salle game. Um, what I see is a highly motivated community. Um, they have this thing called a rage cage at St. Francis that I've never seen as full as I've seen it this year. Um, the band sounded louder. The, the, the backs are running harder. Um, they had, they have this kid named Andrew ghetto. There's been like 10 of them. He's the last one, the last brother. And, and there's, it, he's playing like we, I am not going to let St. Francis down. And, and there's a lot of strength to that. And I've, you know, I've been here for 21 years and it's one of the great rivalries in California. You know, it doesn't have a name or we don't play for anything. It's just, you know, like a trophy or whatever, egg bowl. It's just, it's two teams have a rich history. Um, you know, in 1972, Sarah beat St. Francis, uh, Fran yeah, Francis and Sarah did not beat St. Francis again until 2006. I mean, coach, when I inherited that, I was like, come on, we played St. Francis at De La Salle. We, you know, we beat them. What are you, what are you guys worried about? And like, it was crazy. And we won on the last play of the game on fourth down. It's the best game that I've ever been a part of as a player or coach, really, because of the history. Just fantastic. Um, and there's just so much that goes back and forth. The kids know each other. There's mutual respect. Um, and it's usually a really, really physical football game. And the team that's the most physical, particularly they run eye football, they're downhill, they run an old school defense. They just, they really get after it. So, you know, generally what I've learned in this rivalry is the team that hits the hardest usually wins. You know, and part of the narrative is, is the spring season and we've been playing each other for so many years. Um, you know, it, it was 42 to seven at halftime in the spring. 
And the final score was 49 to seven. And this is one of the most proud programs in the history of California football. The motivation is very clean on the St. Francis sideline. And I, if that, you know, the proverbial, that scoreboard's up in the, in the locker room. Yeah, I'm not, I've never been in the locker room, but if it's not in the locker room, it's in everyone's locker room head. And the way they play is like, you know, and I've, I've told the team, I'm, I'm being transparent. You know, it's, you know, you see that, like, this is not on our time and we're going to have to meet that onslaught. That's, you know, we're going to have to match that. Um, that's, that's what's happening right now. And, and that they have a lot of seniors that probably didn't expect that to happen. And frankly, neither did I, I mean, every game we've ever played, you know, with the exception of two times in 2018, they actually, they actually beat us like that in 2018 twice. Um, and in a week 10 home game, Polynesian day, senior day at Sarah, they beat us like 38 to seven or more, more like it was awful. And I reminded my team about that, you know, cause I got a crazy memory like that. And these kids weren't, you know, there's 2018. So there's a lot on the line and you know, it's, it's, it's going to be awesome. I mean, we've already sold, I think like 2,500 tickets or something. It's high school football at its finest, man. We've had uh, the good fortune throughout the year to kind of pick uh, Coach Edson's brain going back and what it what the coach's perspective has been like for a lot of big situations that have come up throughout the season. And, and we have shied away as the season has gone on from making him pick games and predict games in which guys like you are involved because he's never going to pick against you. And he's actually told us how uncomfortable it, it really was to coach against you guys, guys yeah. like you and coach Galley and coach Blanton and more because yeah. he wants to see you do well. Now, my question for you is in 10, 15, even maybe even shorter, when this happens to you, what, what do you anticipate that will be like for you? Because surely you have guys come, who have come through your program who you see the same characteristics in who can be coaches and who can be leaders of young men yeah. um, in the community. Uh, what's yeah. that going to be like for you? Do you think it's a, it's a deep, that's a deep question. And, and that's part of the reason why recently I've chosen not to play De La Salle. It's, it's more fun being a fan of my alma mater. It's, it, it's, it's, it, it's just, it got to a point when we played six years in a row or, or so, um, you know, we had, we had some games that just some awful gut wrenching. Oh, there was a game that, that we lost a coach lad called me after the game and said, he apologized for winning. It, it, it was like, literally coach, it was the 29, 28 game where, you know, Ward fumbled the PAT. And yeah. You that. thought it was a trick play. Yeah. We've already talked about that. Play. We were there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so we, we had our chances. St. Francis got it done. We did not. I mean, you know, we, and, and really just got to a point where I'm like, you know, I, I think about it in the off season and, I, and I'm thinking negative thoughts. I'm like, this is my alma mater. I love, I love Dallas. And when I mean negative thoughts, like it, it, like not negative thoughts, but just, I'd rather just think about my alma mater positively. Now with that said, we're probably going to play each other either next year or the year after that. I don't know for sure. I got to talk to Leo and figure out schedules, but um, it's, it's certainly time to, to play each other again, but um, you know, just back then, it, it, it wasn't healthy for me. I think if I get in the situation Lad and Terry were in where they're coaching against, you know, someone like me, I mean, I just, I think they're great lessons when you play the, the best like that. And I, I, I handled it that way. And if, if a kid's playing us and they're trying to build up their program and we hand it to them, like, the Spartans did to us on a bunch of times or they play us tough. I'm, I'm going to put my arm around that kid and, and do exactly what coach Ladd and Terry did. Just, I love you and proud of what you're doing. Chase, I'll let you take us out on a question, but uh, it is November 2nd, 2021. I am telling everyone who is listening to this right now that will happen because Sarah will produce coaches and leaders in the community because we know how coach Walsh leads his program. Bottom Thank line, you. that will happen. Right, but before we end this, I just want to make one point here that Patrick said there's no name for the game between St. Francis and Sarah. And he said, you know, it's not like the Egg Bowl. And I'm just going to say, thank God it's not called the Egg Bowl. <laughs> I just want to point that out, okay? This, 
Just leave it safe, Francis. Sarah's fine with me. Yeah, we don't need any. You know, this, this type of game doesn't even need a name. It's so. It's, yeah, it's, that's exactly right. That's good. Okay. Thank we're going to need to find something in between uh, Mountain View and St. Francis to play for. Can we play for It's It's or something? Play for like an, an iPhone or something. Like a, ah, yeah, the, the, the Google Bowl. Yeah, yeah the there you go. Come on. <laughs> the Terminator Bowl. Yes. There we go. Come on, let's go, Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry chase did we we're going off a little no, it's bit fine. I was, go I back was, in, yeah. do you have any other questions that came to mind terry uh oh, the only uh question that i have is just you know for people that are, that are listening as you know you go into this game for someone like you this is uh these kind of games it's like Talk to the people a little bit about, you know, why this is why you coach high school football. Because, yeah. you know, you're, you're not doing it for the money. We're doing this for the love of the game. And these are the kind of games that you really, this yeah. is what it's all about. I, you know, right after the, the last game we played at Sacred Heart, I, I told the kids, this is like Christmas week. And every day is just a different level of excitement as you approach Christmas day and you know, for us, Friday night will be Christmas Eve. And, and I'm not trying to throw shade on Jesus or the <laughs> holiday or Christmas, but <laughs> for high school players and coaches, and, you know, particularly in this region, this is why kids chose to come to Sarah, to play football for Sarah. And this is one of the reasons why we, our hearts are beating, why we're alive. We are alive and blood is flowing through our veins because of a week like this, coach. And you know that, I know that. And it just really, it brings out the, you know, lad, lad always told us, you know, football reveals character, doesn't build it. These games reveal everything. And it reveals good and bad and strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, it's not a playoff game. So, you know, it's just, I throw everything on the table and just enjoy the, the journey. And that's what I'm trying to do more so this year than ever, Terry, it, it is just, really, really, really coach, smile, enjoy the relationships that we're building, just really embrace this, this opportunity because one versus two, you know, in a regular season game, that's week 10, rarely happens, rarely happens. So this is Christmas on steroids, if you will. <laughs> it's awesome. And I think, I think the communities should be excited. The student body should be excited. High school football, Northern California football should be excited. I'm, I'm, and I always tell my dad, you know, chick while she's always on me. And I always say like, I just like being in the mix. You know, I just, I enjoy Sarah being a part of, of the, the a bigger conversation. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. So as a coach, Terry, what's it like? It's like Christmas, man. Sounds good, coach. We wish you the best on Christmas day. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get a bunch of coal in our stockings. <laughs> <laughs> If you're within driving distance of San Mateo on Saturday afternoon uh, and you're a football fan, which you definitely are, if you're listening to us right now, uh, you should make your way down to Sarah High School and see this game because it's going to be a good one. Thanks again, Coach. Thank you. All right. See you later, guys. Good luck, Jake. Thanks, Cobra. <laughs> and now we're going to take a quick time out for a quick message from Sports Stars Magazine's podcast partner, the California Army National Guard. We understand an upside down world. But they're writing us off before we get to the starting line. A stalled generation? Who do you think is going to fix all this? We will. Because our future is the future. The next greatest generation is now. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. And now, back to the show. Well, we want to say thanks, a heartfelt thanks once again to Sarah Head Coach Patrick Walsh for spending a little bit of time with us and fielding the questions of fledgling reporter uh coach terry edson which was great to hear um i personally could sit and talk not just about football but uh, any number of things with coach walsh for hours we both have known coach walsh for a long time and like him very much uh so thanks again that gives us the perfect segue if you thought one appearance by coach terry edson was good surely two is better so <laughs> Uh, let's tune in to our conversation with Coach Edson this week, centering on uh, both what is to come in these playoffs coming up, but also a unique situation that happened in Southern California last week 
where a lopsided win got completely out of hand, uh, something that uh, Coach Edson has uh, been a part of in his career and uh, done very well to uh, stay away from. So let's tune in to uh, the ball coach and see what he has to say. Well, we have already heard from him once uh, in this week's podcast, and uh, listeners rejoice. You get a double dose of Coach Terry Edson this week. And uh, Coach Edson, before we get into the high school football uh, week that is, I would like to ask you point blank, did you take a personal day from your day job yesterday to enjoy the post-position draws for this weekend's Breeders' Cup? <laughs> No, because I'm saving my personal days because I'm going to Kentucky Derby this year. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I'm saving them. So that was, you know, I just looked got online and saw the, you know, the, the draws and all that. But no, I, I, I th- that kind of stuff, I, <laughs> I don't need to take a day off for. Will this be your first trip to the Derby? It's my second, but this will be a much better one this time around because I'm going to be in good seats. We've got a big week here, as you know. Uh, obviously, you were just part of our, our conversation with Coach Walsh. Lots going on. But before we get to your picks and, and uh, discussion of some of that, we thought we'd ask you a few, uh, if you caught the score between Inglewood and Morningside this past weekend, uh, 106-0 in favor of Inglewood. Did you, did you happen to catch that? I caught it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on the side where your team is definitely – in a, uh, in a dominant position uh, in many years, many games, and handling lopsided games is certainly something that you and, and Coach Ladd had to do a lot. Damon Esper had a tweet about the uh, Englewood game. I guess Englewood claimed that they, they didn't have a backup quarterback to put in, so they couldn't, keep, they couldn't stop scoring. And uh, Esper uh, said that he remembered a game in which they uh, saw put a defensive lineman behind center just to, uh, to keep the score down. <laughs> That defensive lineman uh, was Colin Ensley, and apparently he he replaced backup Sean Edson. Is that in relation to you? Yeah, it's my nephew. There we go. So so Sean had already scored. He was the backup quarterback and already had five touchdowns. Yeah, well, full disclosure though, Colin Ensley was a JV quarterback, so it wasn't like he he knew nothing. He played as a freshman. Yes, I get it. Yes, yeah, right. Uh, uh, Anyways, what are your thoughts on on how to handle these situations and? Yeah, I, I would. I, I don't know the Inglewood coach, but I, you know, I have two words for him. Come <laughs> on, bro. I mean, really? That no, that's. I'm sorry, I wasn't there. That's just wrong. I mean, uh, my understanding is from what I read is that Morningside asked for a running clock after the first quarter when it was 59 to nothing, and Inglewood refused. That's the wrong right off the bat. That just really, you know, like that, you know, like because they're talking about the other team's responsibility to stop them. I get that. I get that. And I get you don't have a backup quarterback. So you got to throw 13 touchdowns. You can't, what? They don't have a running back either. You can't just run it in the line. Or how about just accept the running clock? That's just wrong. Educationally, that's wrong. A team says, you know, we're done. And you're done. Uh, I mean, let the game go and you put all the backups in. And I, that's what I, I never, I, you know, for me, uh, games like that, that got a little out of control, that can, that can get out of control. It's an opportunity for all the, you know, I don't know how many kids are on the Inglewood team. So I, I can't speak to that, but I know we have, we have 60 or 70 kids. It's time to get those kids some playing time. You know, it's time for the, your future as well to get those kids some experience. And uh, it's time to let them play. But even as you're letting them play, you're, you're, you're not trying, you know, to rack up points and all that. I mean, if you run, a, if we run our regular, if you just run a running play and it goes for 50 yards, I, I don't know what you can do about that. Um, but then again, as you're getting towards the end of the game, you can just run dives into the, I mean, you can run dives into the middle. You don't have to score. The only time really where our games got like really out of control is when the other team uh, kept trying to score and would throw picks for touchdowns and stuff like that. And that's when things really got out of control. But we've always accepted running clocks. And if you have a running clock in high school, 24 minutes, it's going to go fast. You're not going to be able to put up a bunch of scores like that. I mean, um, and keep it and try to keep it somewhat reasonable. So 
uh, I, you know, now I guess, you know, Inglewood's apologizing, but, but come on, that that's, that's just not educational athletics. I just don't understand how there's supposed to be an administrator on site too. I just don't understand how that was able to happen. The, uh, the old cliche, I guess, is taking the air out of the ball. Inglewood absolutely did not take the air out of the ball. It sounds like they stayed in the air. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, constantly it sounds like yeah yeah um kind of spinning off of uh, our discussion with uh, coach walsh from uh earlier in the this week's podcast he we had a great chance to ask about a real good rivalry in terms of sarah and st francis i'm curious what uh what are your favorite bay area football rivalries if uh, if you have any bay area football rivalries well i, I tell you one game that when i was a first year coach that Coach Ladd uh, took me to because his brother was coaching and his old college roommate, Rob Stockberger. It was, you know, it was in November. It was, it was at Monta Vista. There was like fog kind of like coming over the hill. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, this is really what uh, high school football is about. So I always thought that that was a great rivalry, San Ramon, Monta Vista. Another great rival I used to go to when I was younger was Pittsburgh and Antioch. That was an awesome rivalry as well. And when they had Najee and stuff, you know, the flames got sparked again. But I thought it, just my being around here, those were two great rival games that I've, I've witnessed and just thought there would just be great to have a rival like that. I give a hearty cosign to both of those. I've had the good fortune to cover both those games. And it is both are electric fireworks at Monta Vista San Ramon, literal fireworks before the game. Uh, the big little game, Antioch Pittsburgh. Those are uh, just, those are great high school football games and bonus for you listeners out there. Both of those are this Friday. So if you're going to go to Sarah St. Francis on Saturday, <laughs> go to one of those Friday night. You don't have to be home. Come on. Um, well, we, uh, Neither made the cut for this week's uh, pick slate for you, but we will jump into our picks at this point. And um, first up is a game at the top of the standings in the Diablo Athletic League. Las Lomas is going to Benicia. And the Knights have not been kind to you this year when it comes to uh, picks. Wait till, I, wait till I see Doug and I will see him. I'm going to let him know, believe me, okay? <laughs> uh it's a i still a very good matchup of two good teams i've seen both i think they match up really really well the game's in benicia knights and uh panthers who you got well it's one of those things bad that like the one time you pick against them and they win you want to you know you want to just you know hit your head against the wall so i'm gonna i've got i'm gonna run the table with the knights i'm taking the knights and longero owes me one so i'm taking the knights uh, although i think it's gonna be a super super tough game at benicia that's a that's a good there's some great games this weekend there really, really are. are yes uh second we'll have you pick your first playoff game of the of the season uh we have this is this is this one enticed me it's a it's a 10 seed versus the seven seed in the Sackwalking Session Division Two field. The 10 seed Wood Creek of Roseville is seven and three, and Monterey Trails five and five after playing an extremely difficult non-league schedule before absolutely destroying the Metropolitan League. So right. this is a this is one of those things where you find out if does the do you think the early season schedule pays off for Monterey Trail in this one? Uh, absolutely, or, yeah. absolutely. TJ, my boy TJ, um, this this has got uh, all the um, reminds me of the old Del Oro when Casey used to do this with Del Oro, play a brutal preseason and get his team ready and always find himself in that state that state game right. And so I, I, I'm not, I don't know if TJ is going to get the state game or what's going to happen, but they took their uh, lickings early in the season. They probably weren't ready for that preseason schedule, but then look what the, what's happened to them since. So um, who, who's TJ going to face that he hasn't already seen? You know, I mean, these kids now know that we've seen all the behemoths of the area. And, True. you know, and so I think that'll give them, I think that five game winning streaks got them, uh, got them very confident and, uh, 
uh, TJ is a good coach and, uh, and they're, you know, both teams uh, are well coached, but I'm, I got to go with TJ on this one. Well, for your last game, uh, we made mention of this in our segment with Coach Walsh. We make it a habit of not asking you to select games that involve former Spartans as coach. But as I understand it, you wanted the challenge this week. St. Francis That's right, and Sarah, I do. Saturday afternoon, it is unquestionably the game of the year in the Bay Area. Uh, Lancers and Padres, who you got? Well, first of all, I, I do have the utmost respect for Coach Cal Cagno at St. Francis. And uh, I've always had, this is one of those games where I have a, a ton of respect for uh, both programs. But come on, I never go against the Spartan in my entire life. And uh, I, Coach Cal Cagno, if he was listening, would say, oh, yeah, he's not going to pick us. <laughs> I'm going with Patrick Walsh and the Sarah Padres all the way. Uh, I think they rally that uh, the losing, like you said, losing a son. I think that's going to rally them uh, playing at home. That I've been there when that crowd, I mean, I've been to uh, St. Francis in that crowd. This is the home field advantage. These, the Sarah crowd and the St. Francis crowd, they will, they give you home field advantage. So uh, I think it, there's no doubt about it. it's going to be a super tough game, but come on guys, let's, let's, let's keep this in perspective. This is just part one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> gonna, this huge game that, you know what, they're going to do it again in about three weeks. So uh, that's my, that's my, that's my bold prediction right there. This is Sarah St. Francis part one, but I'm going with the Padres. I'm always going to go with the Spartans. So. Chase, you always get on me for taking the chalk. I think Coach Edson just selected the top two seeds in the CCS <laughs> Open Division playoffs to go to the championship game. That is a bold statement. That's like saying Secretariat's going to win the Belmont. That's a bold <laughs> thing to do right there. I understand that. But that is the, someone had to do it. That's the perfect transition. We are not letting you out of here without at least one stone cold lock for this weekend's festivities at Del Mar. Nick's That's go, Nick's go is the morning line favorite in the classic. Do you approve and who you got? No, I, no. you want the stone cold lock. It's Gamine in the Philly division. Okay. Guaranteed stone cold lock. She'll probably pay 280 to win, but stone cold lock at seven furlongs. It's guaranteed. That We've got a Bob Baffert fan. Who knew? He's gonna, no, I'm <laughs> Oh, Bob Baffert's not listed this. I'm really not, but uh, this horse, I'm a fan of. I've watched her for two years. She's she's the real deal, no, no doubt about it. All right. Well, I'll be tuned into that. I'll be tuned into high school football this weekend. Chase will be Lord only knows where. Uh, what a weekend. High school, great high school football, Breeders' Cup, college football, NBA, Hockey, come on! What a great time to be alive right here in America. It's all there is to it. What a perfect way to end it. I, well, let's just leave it at that. Appreciate you stopping by as always. And uh, bonus, you did bonus work this week. You know, it's the new me. It's the new retired uh, retired coach me. You know, I, I just it was another fun uh, segment. Thanks a lot, boys. See you next week. All, all right. right. We'll see you. See you there. All right. Well, we want to thank Coach Edson for actually performing double duty this week. Uh, it was nice of him to uh, come on and uh, hang out with uh, Coach Walsh as well as with us. <laughs> as he would say, what else have I got to do? But we have our exacta bets ready now, right, Ben? He's, he's... I'm a big exacta guy. <laughs> you don't know this about me. I am a big exacta guy. Might throw in a box there. So I got, I got to get ready. Got to get ready. All right. You mean is like, come on. Come on. <laughs> All right. So we have that out of the way. It's time to uh, to finish this up and do our picks for the week. And whoa, what a slate of games we have put together. So why don't you go ahead and uh, and give us the, uh, the board that we're making our primary picks from and get us started. It's a doozy. <laughs> All right. Uh, here are the games we are going to choose from this week. We've uh, talked about it ad nauseum. Number one, St. Francis is heading to number three, Sarah of San Mateo. Uh, Friday night in the Redwood Empire, number 17, Windsor heads to Rancho Cotate of Rohnert Park. Further south, 
Palma of Salinas is heading to number 19 Salinas in a big PCL Gavilan division game. Let's do a little playoff prognosticating and head to the SJS Wood Creek is heading to Elk Grove to take on Monterey Trail. Lodi is going to Modesto to take on Downey. And back in the NCS to wrap it up Friday night, Diablo Athletic League showdown Las Lomas of Walnut Creek heads to Benicia. And rivalry time, we've mentioned it once already on the show, Monta Vista of Danville heads across town to take on San Ramon Valley of Danville. Those are the games that we will choose from. You, sir, can start us off. Well, uh, I've shied away from big games like this in past episodes, but for the biggest regular season game of the year, I cannot resist. And so I'm taking Sarah. This feels like a true coin flip. And if both teams are as even as they look on paper, I'm inclined to go with the home team playing a day game in their comfort zone in front of their fans. So I'm taking the Padres to win. And I'm even going to give a score just for the heck of it. I'm going to go 31 to 30. Whoa. Whoa. I know. Cut that tension with a knife. <laughs> All right. Uh, props to you for picking the big game. There's a first for everything. <laughs> I will, uh, I'm going to start in the spot that I actually finished last week. I'm heading back to the North Bay Oak League. It's league <laughs> title time. Windsor heads down the 101, hops off at Roner Park Expressway, and heads to Ranch Katati for a matchup of two really, really good teams. The Jags are 8-0. The Cougs are 8-1. Both are undefeated in league play. Look, Rancho is the home team, and they grinded out a 19-17 win over Cardinal Newman last week, while Windsor put it on Ukiah 42-6. Cal Preps thinks this is a 10-point Windsor win. And let me be the first to say that I think that would be very, very surprising. One thing that gives me pause is Rancho has been in close games this season, while Windsor really hasn't had to uh, come up big when it's mattered the most. Now, that said, I think there's a reason that Windsor has not been in those games. <laughs> this is not the Jaguars of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, my friend. This is the Jaguars of Paul Cronin and Chase V. Meyer. Give me Windsor on the road. We'll say to at least clinch a share of the title. I think they would earn the automatic berth if they win. Yeah, there you go. Um, So from there, I am going to go to the Sac Joaquin section. It's playoff time, baby. And I'm going to head to the home of American Graffiti, Modesto, (laughs) California, where Downey High takes on Lodi in the SJS Division II matchup. Here's the name to know. Connor Stoddard. Mr. Stoddard is a junior for the Knights, and he's thrown for 2,217 yards and 30 touchdowns to go with just five interceptions. Why is he so popular amongst his teammates, you ask? Seven different guys have a double-digit catch total. The Flames have had an excellent season, but let's play the common opponent game here. Both have played Lincoln of Stockton, a Lincoln of Stockton team that darn near beat St. Mary's of Stockton last week. And Downey has a win over those Trojans. This Knights team won't get stuck in old Lodi again because the game is in Modesto. And while Bob Falfa is not walking through that door, I'm taking Downey. And that's a reluctant lock for me for the week. Very nice. I like you on the Knights. That's awesome. Uh, Shout out to Lodi, though, for having a great nickname. Love the Flames. Yes. Agreed. I was uh, I looked at that game too, but I I'm glad you took it because I didn't. I will go with my lock uh, in the North Bay Oak League, where I share a lot of your same I, same thoughts. You can't lock this game. You just I can't. Am, I am I'm locking it, and it's ter- it's a terrible thing. It's my least confident lock of the season, and but I'm doing it. Uh, so I'm going to take the Jags of Windsor to survive a daunting road trip to Runner Park. Yet another matchup with league title on the line, Coach Cronin has had to do his share of preparing for big games against Rancho in the past. And, you know, he'll have his squad ready. When Windsor finishes unbeaten, I'm taking the Jags. So for my last pick, uh, I think I'm going to agree with Coach Edson and throw some support behind Monterey Trail. I texted you Sunday when those seeds came out 
that the Mustangs were a seven seed that I would want no part of or I, a coach in that field. Uh, they're the higher seed and the home team. I think they take care of business and set up a fantastic Division II quarterfinal matchup with uh, number two seed Granite Bay uh, the following week. So give me the Mustangs. I like that pick. That's a strong, it's a strong opinion. Um, I will follow you into the fire here for my final pick. I am actually flat afraid of a couple of these games. Like <laughs> if you, if you forced me to pick between Monta Vista and San Ramon Valley, I, I would pick a tie. Um, <laughs> so uh, not going to do that. I'm going to try and shoot the moon with my last pick. Everybody knows that I love me some Saturday football and there's just no way around this one. It's the biggest and best Bay regular season game of the year, Sarah and St. Francis. I mean, obviously we had coach Walsh on earlier and he told you really all you need to know about this game. It is going to be physical. It is going to be evenly matched. It is going to be just about everything you look for in good high school football. So I say all that to, to say that I don't really have any scientific analysis on this one. These two teams are just really, really good. The game's at Sarah. It's on a Saturday afternoon, and I'm rolling with the ghost of Tom Terrific. Give me the Padres. All right. Let's just roll right into some rapid fire then, shall we? All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give first this week. So we're going to some familiar territory. Although this is actually a non-league game, a non-league game with intrigue for the final week of the season. I got uh, Sacred Heart Prep, three of six, at Menlo School, trying to finish off an undefeated season. They're not, no. The Knights of Menlo try to finish off that perfect season by hosting a pesky Sacred Heart Prep team that can definitely keep itself in ball games. You took the Gators last week, and they fell short in a shootout, 47-39 to Half Moon Bay. But can they play spoilers this week? Or does Menlo take it and finish off strong? This is a good opportunity. I'm really glad you gave me this game uh, because it gives me license to mention someone that we have not talked enough about this year, Sergio Beltran. Yes. This dude is putting up video game numbers for Menlo There are some really good underrated quarterbacks uh, everywhere this year. Yes, I agree. Sergio Beltran and the Menlo School offense are legit give me menlo school all right all right now let's take a spin at one of saturday's wcal games that isn't in every headline saint ignatius has given some other bvl teams some fists this year and this is a possible letdown game for the bells who got their big win against valley christian so we got bellerman six and three at saint ignatius four and five do the bells finish strong or does St. Ignatian get him? The Saturday uh, component gives me pause here um, because we've talked a lot about rhythm and flow and all that good stuff. Um, give me the bells. All right. Give me Bellerman. Good season. For- good season for Coach Beachman and the bells, and I'm looking forward to the playoffs to see if they can make some noise. 100%. Yes. Uh, for this last one, I'd like to give some love to West Park High School of Roseville who won a league title in its first varsity season last week. Now, the Panthers play in their first postseason game ever against longtime stalwart Placer of Auburn. The Hillmen aren't enjoying their usual dominance, but they've won four straight to become playoff eligible after an 0-5 start. Who you got in this one? The the newbie or the uh, grizzled vet? Where's this game? It is at Placer. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I believe we've discussed Placer previously this year in quick picks. I am, man, this is a tough one. I believe in a good story. Give me the new guys. West Park, credit. And if no other reason, this is a um, kudos pick for a heck of a season. Absolutely. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I, I totally agree. All right. That was uh, at times painful, at times joyous. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure we haven't even told the, the good people. I believe we both had fairly strong weeks last week. Uh, we did. You went five and one. I went four and two. Yeah, we're getting better as the season goes along, which uh, <laughs> defies logic. Um, so 
Let's jump in. Quick picks don't get any better than the first week of the playoffs and the last week of the regular season. And I am going to start in the regular season in the Diablo Athletic League with the game that I actually am really looking forward to going to watch. Northgate comes in at a fantastic 7-2 and two overall under head coach Ben Ballard. They're heading to Pleasant Hill to take on the upstart College Park Falcons and our old friend, head coach Travis Rossiti. Both the Broncos and Falcons are 4-0 in league. So this is an old-fashioned title game, man. Uh, we covered last week that we think it's tremendous that these teams are playing for a title. So let's pick a champion. Who you got? MDUSD pride at stake. I, gee, this is a tough one. This is going to be a super close game, closer than I think uh, some people might might feel it will be. Uh, I'm going to take Northgate. I think they're a little more experienced. This is this is their year, but I do think College Park makes it tough on them. I've been really impressed with how uh, Coach Rossini's team has continued to improve over, the, the, over this season. So props to, uh, props to College Park um, for an awesome run to get to this point to be in a league championship game and, and coach Mercedes first season. Uh, but I think Northgate takes this one. All right, let's head to, let's head further South to the El Camino league and no Dan Auerbach and Patrick Carney will not be performing this quick pick. Sorry to all you black keys fans out there. Los Altos is five and zero in league and they had to three and one Cupertino in a big final week matchup. Cupertino is six and one overall but the last time they played which was october 21st they lost to gun meanwhile los altos hasn't lost since september 17th and the eagles beat that same gun team by four scores the calpreps dot matrix printer spit out a 20 to 17 <laughs> win in this one what you think oh man well uh i don't know that Man, it's it's hard to come out of a double buy like that and and play sharp, right? I mean, you haven't played since October twenty first. That's tough. Cupertino does have the advantage of being at home, um, which is probably why uh, the Cal Preps <laughs> dot matrix uh, printer has them favored. Uh, but I I I'm feeling Los Altos in this one. Uh, give me the give me the road team. Okay. All right, well, let's finish it up with a battle for second place, but it's actually a highly consequential matchup when it comes to the playoffs. San Leandro heads to Bishop O'Dowd to wrap up my favorite league name, the MVALWACC Foothill <laughs> Division. Uh, the Pirates had last weekend off while O'Dowd fell to Logan, as we've previously discussed. O'Dowd needs a win to get to 5-5 five and five and at least throw their hat in the ring for a uh, tough d3 bracket while san leandro is trying to finish six and four and probably move up into d2 bracket who you got i guess my better judgment i'm gonna say o'dowd comes back with a with a victory after last week i um i think last week for o'dowd was a, a good teachable moment right for them i think and so i'm gonna think that uh, coach perry uh fires them up for uh for a final shot of five and five 500 record uh and i think the dragons get the job done I will uh, add a postscript to this. I was I walked the O'Dowd sideline um, during that Logan game. I am super impressed with the positive nature of their coaching style. Nobody was getting on each other. Everyone was focused on the next play. What can we do to be better next time? Uh, I, I just I think that bears mentioning because it gets lost in a forty-two to seven result. But I was really impressed with the way they coached that game. Um, so maybe they do bounce back, but I don't know. I, I might have gone the other way with this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. It'll be the, you're you're going to end up catching me because of my, my affinity for pitching, picking the Dragons. I'll buy you a dot matrix printer. <laughs> that will wrap up another week of 7 Friday night. We want to offer a final thanks to Coach Patrick Walsh for joining us in the midst of his big game week. We also want to thank Coach Terry Edson for multiple appearances this week. Seven Friday Night is available on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for the number seven Friday night, and please rate and subscribe. We build Seven Friday Night using Anchor. 
You can leave a voice message for us by visiting anchor.fm slash the number seven Friday night. Each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on Sports Stars Magazine's web home, sportsstarsmag.com. You can stream the episode there, find links to the various other platforms, and check out a variety of bonus items that we tend to include. Our new cover art features photography and designed by yours truly, and our theme music was produced by Dustin Phillips. He performs in multiple bands in the Sacramento area, including an awesome cover band called Popular Demand. And you can find more information on that band at sacramentocoverband.com. So that's it. Big week. Last week of the regular season for some. First week of the playoffs for others. Final thoughts, Ben. It is a big week. Here's my thought. I have a popular demand. (laughs) People want more weeks like this. (laughs) I mean, if you are a high school football fan, this is the week. This right here, this one week is the week that you wait for because we've got rivalry games we've got playoff games we've got title games we got it all i'm looking forward to the final week of having a full slate here in um the bay and i'm looking forward to seeing some of those uh sac joaquin section brackets get underway and then (laughs) then getting to look ahead to what will be some insane next round matchups too so we're in the thick of it. We're only dealing with uh, real good teams at this point. And it's just going to be, uh, you, we've said it multiple times. If you're in the South Bay on Saturday and you don't go to San Mateo, uh, I'm judging you. Like, <laughs> go, go watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting a chance to see a title game on Friday myself. So, yeah, it's just, it, it's a, both Coach Walsh and Coach Edson said it. It's a great time to be alive. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, this is, this is what, like, just like Coach Edson and, and Coach Wall said, this is, this is why you play high school football. It's why you coach high school football. It's why we're fans of high school football. That's the game of this week for sure. But there are a lot of games that fall under that umbrella this week, and it'll be fun to see how they play out. And it'll be fun to talk about them next week and to uh, – get even deeper into the playoffs and add a few more sections, a few more brackets to talk about. And yeah, we'll do it. This weekend, I will also pour a little bit out for one of our favorite days of years gone by. Selection Sunday in the NCS when we used to show up at Los Lomas High School or some other high school and get donuts and hang out with coaches <laughs> to see the uh, brackets be unveiled. I missed those days. Oh we, man. I would like to return to those days. We will talk about that next week. That always, that that's a good memory right there. We will see you next week, fans. Enjoy the football games. what's up bro hi cobra how's it going going well man big game this week so they say oh yeah <laughs> quit trying to play it down i know what's going on over there you don't know anything Co. you don't know anything. i know everything you know nothing 